welcome to First and Foremost, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the transition from a nine to five to their dream of owning their own businesses. Welcome to another edition of First and Foremost. Uh, Today I'm here with Chris Robinson, a certified John Maxwell speaker. He's a coach and a trainer. He's a leadership expert and a keynote speaker. Chris works with companies that understand the value of personal growth, who want to sharpen their current team's leadership skills and want to develop a larger pool of emerging leaders in their organization. And Chris, leadership is, uh, is, uh, important and developing that leadership is, is, uh, just as important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I truly do believe that, you know, developing leadership is the secret sauce, not only for yourself individually, but for organizations around the world. And so we'll go more in depth about that here in a little bit. But man, I love talking about this topic. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Chris, where are you from? Why don't you start off by telling us that? Yeah, yeah. So I was actually uh, born in St. Louis. I was uh, raised in Oklahoma. Uh, so I grew up in Oklahoma City. Uh, both my parents worked for General Motors, and uh, this plant in St. Louis closed down. We moved us to Oklahoma City. And then in 1997, uh, they had the opportunity to transfer back here to uh, St. Louis or Wentzville, Missouri. And uh, I came back along with them. I was in my senior year of high school then, and uh, I... Loved the city and and never left again. So never left. <laughs> uh, it's been an incredible place. Now I can't say I'm opposed to moving at this point, but, <laughs> but uh, it's been a great city and love the city of St. Louis. That's for sure. And in all of the things that you've experienced, both St. Louis, Oklahoma, um, what do you think prepared you for speaking and coaching? And right, well, I mean that's a great question. I, I really fell in love with the. With the idea of, of helping and developing people through an organization that I worked with for many years. So, uh, prior to, you know, speaking, coaching, training full time, I worked for an organization that grew from 18 employees to about 800. And, uh, that was in a six year time period. And I was number five on the totem pole. And uh, throughout that organization, I was a, a sales manager and sales trainer. And that was great preparation for it. But what happened was I really got deeply involved inside of personal growth and development. And through that process, I began to take the craft and the art of speaking more seriously. And through a series of conferences and events, I finally heard those magic words, you can get paid to speak. (laughs) Now, that was the words. I can remember those words. I can hear them in my voice just like it was yesterday. And I remember that was the first time that those words had ever entered my ears. I thought, man, I would love to do that. Get paid to speak. And uh, so... Uh, I began to go back and take the job more seriously. I began to do the trainings that I was doing inside of the organization uh, with more intensity. I began to look for more uh, books, more CDs, more ways in order for me to grow and, um, you know, began to prepare me for this path that I'm on today of doing that full time for a living. Yeah. And you, so you realized that very uh, in the midst of all that uh, growth that, hey, you got a gift here. And here's something that you can, here's a vehicle you can drive that gift. Um, do, do you feel like leadership or, or communication? Which one of those two is really your gift? Oh gosh. Uh, I, it's, it's both. Anytime that I test spiritually, I've got results in both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anytime I take any type of spiritual testing or any type of assessments, those are going to be my strong points as leadership or, you know, as we define it, influence and then communication. 
you know, if you want to be a great leader, one of the best things that you can do is enhance your communication skills. If we think about, you know, our greatest leaders, they've had a great ability to communicate. Uh, you know, especially if we look like uh, from our last president, President Barack Obama, yeah. you know, coming into the campaign and, and things of nature, love him or hate him, whatever the case may be, the guy was a communicator. He's an orator. I mean, he is just a communicator. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was a skill set that carried him beyond. Yeah. And, um, and, and I realized that, hey, if you want to stand out on your job, increase your communication skills. Most people inside your office, they don't want to stand up and give the group presentation. They don't want to give the public-facing presentation. And if you can develop that skill, there's a draw that comes from you being at the front of the room and being the perceived expert because you're overcoming, you know, one of the biggest fears on the planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and in, in, in that journey, what do you think was your best investment um, was like you were saying, you, you bought CDs and books and things, yeah. but if you had to pick the number one thing where you're like, this right here was, right. <laughs> was the watershed investment that I made in myself. Right. Well, I, I, I don't think there's a single one. It, it's the habit. It, it's more about consistency and not thinking that, hey, there is one that's going to catapult your life because that's where we make the mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, well, if I invest in this program or this conference or this book, then it's all there. But really what I'm looking for is whenever I invest into something, I'm looking for one idea that I can apply. Mm-hmm. So whether I pay $5,000 to go to a two-day conference or I pay $50 for a book, $20 for a book, $10 for a book, it doesn't matter. All I'm looking for is one idea that I can apply because there's what I know is one idea executed well can change your life forever. Um, there were a number of different things that I got into. So the moral of the story is about consistency. It's not about one thing because once you invest in something, you're going to continue to invest in the next level because yeah. there's always another level. And again, this goes back to, you know, how we are is, as you know, I think as Americans, we're goal oriented, which is how fast can we get there? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then like, okay, great. I made the investment. I did the steps. Now, how soon do I get to the goal? But here's where we have to make the shift. We have to go from goal-oriented to growth-oriented. Okay. You see, goal-oriented says, how fast can I get there? Growth-oriented says, how far can I go? Ah, okay. And there's a difference. So it's not about, man, if I can do the one thing, then that would be it. So the one thing, if we had to boil it down, would be start. But don't stop. Don't stop. Okay. I, yeah. I, love that. <laughs> uh, I, I just think about uh, one of the things that somebody said to me a long time ago uh, was they were saying, now, you can go out here and you can buy yourself a fast food meal. It's probably, what, $12, $13. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You get extra cheese and bacon and all mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> or you can go and purchase a book. Right. That's going to edify your mind, right. um, give you a different perspective. So yeah. I love that. You know, the investment, that was one of the things that, you know, somebody said to me and was like, a, I invest in books every month. Um, and I, one of the sad things is that I don't really, I don't read, I don't oh. read them, but oh. I, I, I do audio books. Okay. Okay. I give you, I give you, I give you. <laughs> I give people a pass. It's, okay. it's an and. It's not a. It's not an or. It's yeah. an and. Yeah. And uh, let, let me talk about reading though for a second here. Because okay. I, sure. I think this is important, and I yep. really want to. And and this is something I teach on, and um, I think is very important for personal growth for you moving forward in life in whatever area. 
And I think it was about 2007, I had lunch with a billionaire with a B. Whoa. And, and I'm sitting at the table, and this table was stacked. So at this table was uh, Peter Daniels, this Australian billionaire, um, Daryl Strawberry, uh, a Hall of Fame baseball player, now pastor. Aeneas Williams, Hall of Fame football player, now pastor. In St. Louis. In St. Louis. Oh, yeah. I'm here in St. Louis. And, yeah. and uh, there's another uh, pastor of a mega church that was there at the table. And, and I'm at the table somehow. I don't even know how I, I got at the table, but I'm at the table with these giants. And, you know, I'm sitting there with my questions ready to ask this billionaire. And so it finally comes around to me and I say, well, you know, what's the one thing that would make the greatest impact in my life? And without any hesitation, he said, read. Now, I'm sitting at the table like everybody else going, okay, I, I know how to read, <laughs> you know, but what's the real secret? And before I can answer it, he said, Chris, he said, you want to read? He goes, because when you begin to read, your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what you're reading. Wow. He says, so you want to read biographies. You want to read in the areas of your problem. You want to read in the areas of your passion. He goes, because when you do that, what you're doing is you're building up in your mind a vocabulary of overcoming insurmountable odds. Wow. He says, your mind doesn't know any difference. So he goes, if you begin to read, that's where the new ideas from, the new thoughts are going to come from, wow. the tap into the best minds around the world. When people sit down and write, they don't sit down and, and write their worst stuff and say, hey, let me, let me give people and put out on the planet my very worst material. Okay, <laughs> that's not their intention. Now, it may be bad material, okay, but it's not, it's their very best. And so, what he said was that at age 27, he was illiterate and he was a bricklayer. At age 75, when I was with him, he had read over 5,000 books and was a billionaire. Wow. Now, that became a major, major point for me, like reading. Okay, but, but I got it. So, I began to read and I thought, well, man, if I could read like a book a month. That would be awesome. Yeah. You know, if I could read a book a month, but then I begin to read a book a month and then I can begin to get around people that were saying, and I read about a book a week and I'm going, man, <laughs> if I could read a book a week, <laughs> I would be incredible. Yeah. But it was, uh, earlier before that, but before 2007, before I had met him, there was another reading turning point that I had had. And it was actually at TD Jake's very first mega fest. And I was listening to Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who authored the book Think and Grow Rich from uh, the African-American perspective. So what he did was he was commissioned to finish Napoleon's Hill work simply with all African-American millionaires, uh, doing the same thing that Napoleon Hill did and interviewed them looking for these characteristics and traits. Well, he had said that he was walking into one gentleman's house and the one gentleman had realized that, you know, he had kind of caught him gawking at his stuff. And he says to Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, hey, do you like my stuff? And, then, and Dr. Dennis Kimbrough says, well, yeah, I love your stuff. He, <laughs> yes. goes, uh, he goes, well, if you want my stuff, you got to outread me. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's good. But then he said this. He said the most profound thing. He says, he says, what I realized is that as I interviewed thousands of millionaires, what I realized is that the larger the house, the larger the library, and the smaller the house, the bigger the TV. Whoa. <laughs> now... At that moment, this this was this was my TV turnaround because at that moment, Terrence, I had a a eight hundred square foot apartment, fifty four inch TV, <laughs> and not a book to be found. Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem. Yeah. Okay, but that was my TV turnaround. And then that being reinforced by you know um, uh, Peter Daniels, the billionaire, and then I got serious about reading. 
you know, over the last 10 years, I've probably read over 900 plus books that were actual physical reads. Wow. So the greatest treasure that I have inside of my house right now is my wall of books. And yeah. it's not just one. It's a full wall of books that have been read, um, which now I have two walls of books. And so that that's my greatest possession now. And I and, and I try to get to people. I, I'm no different. I've got a great deal of success. I've got a great deal of results. But I'm no different from anyone. Yeah. The only gap is about a thousand plus books. Yeah, you gotta that's read. The, that's the yeah. only gap. My so, my bishop read. used to tell me all the time. He said readers are leaders. Right. And uh, I, that marinated with me. I, I I actually tried to you know like I said try to read books, but man that that right there has uh, I think he might have inspired me there. Right. A little more. This this podcast just went up a notch. Right. Okay. Right. Well, here's what I do. So. You, there's a webinar that I did that you wanna you wanna go watch, okay? okay. And I'll give it to everybody on here. Okay. But um, if if you go to, uh, let me double check here real quick because I, I moved that. But if you go to F as in Frank, B as in Boy, Leaders, FBLeaders.com, what that's gonna do? That's gonna take you to a one hour webinar. There's no opt in. There's no nothing. Not trying to capture names or anything. Right. It's um it's a one hour webinar on reading because here's the thing. The reason that you don't read at the rate that you want to is because you might say, well, I'm a slow reader or, well, I don't comprehend. Mm -hmm. It's because you've been, you haven't learned how to read yet. So here was the greatest shift in, in all the questions I could ask. I stopped asking people what they read because you get around great thinkers and you're asking, Hey, what do you read? What do you read? Right. And then you go and order those books and then you're trying to read that book. But it has no relevance to your life. Yeah. And so what happens is you move through it slowly. So you, you change a couple of things. Number one is you start to read in your areas of your problems or the areas of your passion. Because now there's a fuel that's going to fuel you to get through that book. Because okay. A, you got to solve the problem. Or B, you have to, you know, or, or you're passionate about it. So you're going to want to read it. Now, the other thing I started doing was I stopped asking people what they read. But I started asking people how they read. Yeah. And that's when I found out about speed reading. That's when I found out about photo scanning. That's when I found out about whole mind reading. That's when I began to figure out that, hey, I don't have to read a whole book. I'm not in school anymore being graded. I can go in, read two, three chapters of this book and gut it, get what I need out of it and go set it on the shelf versus spending an entire month Mm -hmm. reading this one book, drudging through it, just trying to get through it because (laughs) so-and-so read and at the end of it. I'm no better off Wow! because I didn't read for a problem. I didn't read for passion or I didn't read for what it is that I need out of that book. That is great, Chris. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so oh my gosh, hopefully that sets somebody free. <laughs> this is, this is a, I, gotta, <laughs> I, I hear people saying amen. amen. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like there is a tug for someone that wants to be an entrepreneur. Uh, are there definite signals uh, that can be pointed to for those who are thinking about uh, launching out into entrepreneurial pursuits. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's like our society now is, is very entrepreneurial based. It's like, that's the thing Mm -hmm. is, Hey, you know, it's no longer about going to college, getting a job and doing that. And and we're teaching that lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is, is that I encourage entrepreneurship, but understand that, if you can find a job that endures and, and encourages your passion, your gifts, your skills, that's just as good as owning your own business. Uh, with working with 
you know, a ton of organizations and a ton of small businesses, a ton of small businesses don't make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just not profitable. And so those that are feeling that tug, you got to ask yourself, what are the reasons? What's the motive of which you want to own your own business? Are you truly trying to solve a problem? Are you truly, you know, trying to get into your purpose? Because entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Mm. It's not for everyone. I mean, it is, it's one day you're on top of the world. The next day you're like looking in the mirror, what am I doing <laughs> with my life? <laughs> and I mean, and, and I, and, and it's just one of those things that it's glamorous. It's, you know, that's the talk of the town now. And, uh, I, and I've, I've been fortunate to be able to spend more of my career working for myself than I have inside of an organization. But at the end of the day, you know, it, I think it's something that you got to be wired for. It's got to be inside of you. So the, Hey, you know, go and do this, your own business. And you got to make sure that's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure that's right for you. So do you think there's one moment? So, so it's not just about going and saying, you know what? I'm tired of working this job and I don't even make some money. Right. Entrepreneurship is probably not what you want to jump into. Right. So not if you enjoy sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're someone that says, I have, a solution yeah. to something that's out there yeah. that no one's speaking to or right. not very many people are speaking to. Yeah. And I have a way, I think I got something right. here. Well, let's go. Yeah. Then, then, you, <laughs> then you are someone that, right. yeah. Then that, that that's, well, that's then let's go. So then now it's, it's take action. Yeah. You know, if, if you feel like, Hey, I've got something I am built for entrepreneurship. I can do this. Well, now it's take action. But what holds people back from making that jump is, those that do have that ability, those that do have that, they do fall into that safety of, of the job. Yeah. And so um, it's this catch-22 of like, okay, I want to make this jump, but when can I make the jump? First thing that you need to do is you need to communicate with your significant other. Yeah. What's their vision of that jump look like? Mm-hmm. What's your vision? And, and oftentimes, if you don't have that support of the spouse, this jump is going to be very difficult because you've got a hole in your parachute on the yeah. way down. <laughs> So you yeah. got to make sure that that significant other is on board uh, because when you get that support, it's just going to make things easier. Those visions are going to be aligned and um, you begin to take the next steps that you know of. You know, oftentimes entrepreneurs come to me or people that are trying to make that leap and they say, well, Chris, when's the right time? You know, there is no perfect time, but what I would encourage you to do is, hey, take the steps that you know of to produce a result. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to know how the business is going to work out from A to Z because in entrepreneurship, you just don't get that privilege. Yeah. And so if you know what step A is, great, go to step A because then now B is going to reveal itself and Mm -hmm. you're going to go through the next door, then the next door, then the next door, then the next door. Yeah. And all this is, is a series of doors. It's not one door that opens up your big opportunity. It's going to be one door that may open up three doors, one door that may open up another door, one door that may open up five, but it's a continuous series of doors. And so it's take the next step that you know of, but yeah. do it now. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you saying about the spouse because you've actually like, uh, like, uh, uh, talked about the next question was, which was, what's your, what's a, what's, what kind of preparation do we need to make? And for a married person, yeah. um, you need to make sure that the family's on board with what yeah. we're about to accomplish here. <laughs> right. Because it's a ride that maybe, maybe you're made for that, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to do that. So yeah. thank you for that. 
Um, how big a factor is formal education or the lack thereof? Well, formal education is irrelevant. Um, now, again, um, for those of you that are, you know, formal educators and formally educated, don't be offended. <laughs> don't um, email. Send those to Terrence. First and foremost, <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but here's the thing is that um, the, the formal education system. So here's what happened to me. And, and I have a great result. I'm one of the five faculty teachers for the largest leadership coaching speaking training organization on the planet. Now, the president of that organization is a high school dropout, um, which has got one of the most brilliant minds that I have ever been around. Um, myself, I was actually kicked out of college six times. And so I know a lot of people are going, well, what in the world did you get kicked out of college for six times? <laughs> But see, the better question is, how did I get back into college six okay. times? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Which was an undeveloped skill set. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was an undeveloped skill set. Yeah, go forget it. Right. But the formal education is great. I think it's going to give you a great foundation, a great discipline. But I coach people with PhDs. I coach people with masters. I coach people. It, it doesn't matter what it's the education after the education. Yeah. It's what are you doing on a daily basis to to gain more knowledge in a specific area that you want to have grow. Again, like I shared with, with you at the beginning here at the top of the hour was I'm not any different than anybody else. I've just read a whole lot more in a couple right. specific areas. Right. I mean, look, think about this, you know, formal education. I got invited to come in and speak at NASA. Okay. Uh, NASA was in wow. a particular department was having a issue where they couldn't come together and uh, there was a team member from John Maxwell team that says, Chris, you're the guy for this. Now, don't get me wrong. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I was the dumbest formerly educated person on the planet <laughs> to walk in that building. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> There's no if, ands, or buts you about that. You're going in home. <laughs> <laughs> no if, ands, or buts about that. But what I had confidence in and what I have confidence in is is this specific skill set of communication, leadership, and team building that I have spent countless hours on that they have not. Yeah. Okay? As they're making things go to the moon, they've spent very little time How reading about leadership. Team? How do I get this team? How do I like? interact with somebody else? Yeah. How do I? Yeah. And so um, I was brought in to help facilitate and bring a team together um, to talk through some of those tough issues that happen inside the workplace that everybody talks about, but nobody's talking about. And, you know, uh, I went in there and did the anti-teamwork, uh, uh, seminar, you know, <laughs> this, uh, yeah. you know, and because look, I, I knew it was a, a highly hostile, conflictive wow. environment. And, uh, look, I'm not in here to take you guys through some exercises to bring together a team. Hey, let's just talk about some real issues. Let's bring some of the issues to the head. And, yeah. and um, so to go back to the formal education and to answer the question, it's not about your your past. It's not about having a degree. It's not about having a master's. It's not about having a PhD. It's about your education after the education. How are you getting better today than you were last week, last month, last year? You know, it's not about one year of experience that you've done 10 times. Right. It's about how are you growing today? That's what's relevant. Wow, that is amazing stuff. What would you say is the biggest challenge to closing the gap between that nine to five and our dream? Mm, gosh, that, that's a great question. And I get that all the time. 
at some point you you've got to just say to yourself hey how bad do i want this because what i hear a lot from nine to fivers is oh man i would love to do this but yet there is no after hour work what are you doing after hours what are you doing before work what are you doing on saturday morning what are you doing on sunday night you know what what are you doing during those times you can tell how bad somebody wants something by the intensity of which they pursue it wow and so you know the nine to fiver that wants to make that jump is that there can't be any downtime well chris i don't have time i, I work till you know from eight in the morning till eight at night look from from nine to eleven you got to get it yeah you know from six to to seven you got to get it you've got to do some all lunch time you've got to get it yep. on the weekends you've got to get it you've got to be reading you've got to be learning you've got to be growing in that which you say that you want because it's just not going to pop up and the perfect opportunity is going to come in. Oh, magically, you can quit your job now. The A, a side business is built for right. you. You know, yeah. that, that's not going to happen. So um, if the nine to five that wants to make that jump, you know, you got to start running before you take off. If you're on the runway and you're trying to get in the air, you've got to get speed momentum to get off the ground. Yeah. And if you're just waiting for the wind to pick you up, it's not happening. Yeah. It's not Cinderella. Like the it's prince ain't going to be riding by your house and be like, that girl right there. They got <laughs> or, a great idea. Yeah. Like, I heard you had a, yeah. I heard you had a great idea. Can you tell me about that? Because I want to, you know, put you on. <clears throat> Even if we prepare uh, harder than anyone else around us, Will there be challenges that we just can't be prepared for? I'm oh, sure yeah. there will be. And how do we manage those challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, even if you prepare, yes, there's going to be challenges, but it's about your reaction to it. It's about your downtime um, when it, things don't go how the textbook says that they should go or how you prepare for it to go. So the faster you can get up once you receive that bad information that, oh man, you know, the kids are sick today or, you know, um, uh, the car has been wrecked or, you know, it didn't go the way that you want today. It's how fast does it take you to get through that mental conflict? Mm -hmm. So the faster you can get up, the better it's going to be. Uh, I think about uh, Bonnie St. James. Uh, Bonnie St. James is uh, African-American Paralympics. She won um, skis, recently wrote a book called uh, Resilience. And you know, what she talks about is phenomenal. She got beat by like 0.06 of a second, you know, in this race. But she came to the conclusion of this. She said it, it wasn't that that person was faster than I was. That person just got up after they failed uh, faster than I did. Uh, we both fail. Wow. But she just got up faster. Wow. So it's not about the challenges because challenges are going to happen. All right, but it's about how fast you can get up and get through that challenge that comes at you. That's the difference maker. But problems, if you're in business, if you're, if you're breathing, <laughs> you could have, right? you're either in a problem, just came out of a problem, or getting ready to go into a problem. <laughs> That's the cycle of life. Yeah. So it's about how fast we get through it. Yeah. It, I uh, was reading a book recently um, called, actually, the, the name of the book is The Big Jump. I mm. wish I could remember the person's name that wrote yeah. it. I think it's Gay. Uh, the Big wow. Leap. The Big Leap. Yeah, The Big Leap. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So I was reading that book and it's talking about uh, limiting thoughts. <clears throat> and I know in the motivational area, we talk a lot about motivational thoughts. Uh, or we think we talk a lot about limiting thoughts. Mm -hmm. When you started R3 coaching, um, were there some of those hurdles that you had to get through? And can you just give me like one synopsis where you were like, I got to get past this thought? Well, uh, the, the, so that's the thing. I, I found 
Um, your self-talk is very important. What you're saying to yourself, you tend to believe, and what you're saying to yourself is, is the dominant thought that you're going to have, and you're going to always move in the direction of your dominant thought. So you've got to be very careful about what it is that you're saying to yourself. Um, so first and foremost, when you're moving in any direction, your self-talk has got to be strong. Um, what I found is there was a book that I went through called The Artist Way. And The Artist Way was written initially for writers and song songwriters to overcome writer's block. But they found out this book works for just everyday people. Wow. One of the exercises inside this book is for, uh, you know, every day to write three pages. Okay, so for 30 days straight, you just... You write three pages, no matter what's on your mind, you're just writing three days. And so what I found through that process was that when I went back and looked at my notes, when I was just randomly writing every day, anytime that I would have a, a negative thought or a thought that I would write out, I was actually, the next several lines would be about overcoming that with a positive thought or a solution. And so... My my self-talk and my beliefs have always been very strong, but I attribute that to, you know, a mother that was a super encourager and just thought that I could do anything. And um, so, you know, our limiting beliefs is you've got to reinforce it. You've got to change those. You've got to correct those. And even if you think that, even if you know that you're forcingly know that, hey, if you're saying... I can lift 400 pounds. And you know good and well you can't lift 400 pounds. It's about... Still, I can work up to 400 pounds. I can work up to 400 pounds because you're going to move in the direction of your dominant thought. So we move in one of two ways. We're either going to move towards pleasure or away from pain. Mm. And so when those limiting beliefs come, we have to, we have to fortify those thoughts and and begin to build those up, not only with what we're saying to ourselves uh, mentally, you know, as we talk to ourselves, but then also what we're saying verbally. Yeah. You know, because again, that's going to direct our thoughts. That's going to direct our behavior. And so it looks like this when it comes to limiting beliefs. Our thoughts dictate our feelings. Our feelings dictate our actions. Our actions dictate our results. And our results reinforce our true beliefs. Wow. And it's a cycle that just goes over and over and over again. So if you want to change that limiting belief, you've got to change the thoughts that you're listening to. You've mm-hmm. got to change the voices that you're listening mm-hmm. to. Because those voices, that's what's going to trigger that thought. And then now it's your thoughts, your feeling, your actions, your results, your belief. Yeah. So it's not our actions that actually drive our results. It's our beliefs that drive our results. So if you're going to help overcome those limiting beliefs and get around people and environments that encourage those thoughts in the direction that you want to go, that makes a world of a difference. World wow. of a difference. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I, I just think about that and, and I think about the, the upper lid. You know, we, I won't actually talk about that because I want to leave some meat on the bone, but, <laughs> but the upper lid is, is, and if you don't know about that upper lid thing, you might want to check Chris out because, uh, he talks about the upper lid and it's, it's a fabulous, uh, it's, it's something that everybody needs to know about. Um, in those initial months, um, who did you share your dreams with? Where, where, or better yet, uh, was it important to share your dreams to the right people? Or is it important to share your dreams to the right people? Yeah, because you can't share it with everybody. You, you've got to share it with people that are moving in that direction. Um, you know, because we're, we're wired as friends, as family members to protect. Uh, even even your own mind is wired to protect you mm-hmm. from perceived danger. 
you know, so I, I remember, you know, years and years, you know, my parents, again, blue collar, both worked at General Motors. And of course, what do you think they wanted me to do? Work at General Motors. Work at General Motors. <laughs> it's a good, safe job. <laughs> right. It's a good job. It, you know, it took them from, you know, low income, being poor, mm-hmm. to middle income. And this is a good job. This is a good living. This is, this is a way to go. A way. Okay. But I wasn't built for that. I wasn't wired for that. I'm not into labor. <laughs> I don't like labor. <laughs> you know? I like it when it's done. <laughs> I'm not into it. You know, so, um, you know, so I, I had to share this, but I knew that I couldn't go and share these aspirations with my mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it, she wasn't wired that way. She wasn't mm-hmm. raised that way. She wasn't built that way. And, you know, they, they had given me the gift of, of them getting into the middle class. But what that did was that gave me exposure to other occupations and ideas. I remember as a kid, you know, going to a friend's house and, and um, every day his dad would come home in a suit and tie. And I remember, man, you know, my dad comes home in a tattered, torn shirt. Yeah. He provides, but I don't know what this guy is doing, but I want to do that when I grow up. Mm-hmm. I want to wear a suit and tie to work every day because it represented two things. One is that I could work with my mind and not my body. And two, the results just look better. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Houses were huge. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> there were, something's different here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I couldn't share it very early on with those, but I began to share it and I began to get very intentional about getting around other people that were heading in the direction that I wanted to go. So I knew that I had to get around a community of people that were heading in the same direction to help fortify that belief. And I knew that I had to get mentors in my life that had already done what I had wanted to do, doing what I was doing, that were further ahead of me in order to help me go and propel because they were the evidence that, yes, this is true. This is real. Yeah. And so... I believed more in that than any other thought around me. I didn't hang around anybody else that wasn't trying to coach, speak, or train. Hey. Like, this is this is what I want to do. This is who I'm going to become. And so these are the people I'm going to be around. Yeah. And uh, that was critical. That was critical. Speaking of your parents, have they did, were they able to see you reach this level of success? Or oh, what? yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they just think it's amazing because, again, what I do is really just a figment of my imagination. I mean, I, I, you know, serve about, I have about 46 coaching clients that I work with. Um, I speak once or twice a month. I do group trainings inside of companies. And of course, you know, I teach for John Maxwell team on a weekly basis. And, uh, this is, and then I play golf, you know, three, four, five times a week. And so, and I've got six kids. You know, this is a completely made <laughs> yeah. up life. Uh, that's truly just a figment of my imagination. And they just, you know, they're just tickled every time that, you know, they, they get a chance to see me speaking. They're like, you paid to do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Just it's still, they don't, it doesn't comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me because I've heard someone say we, 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 we stand on the shoulders of giants and we mm-hmm. see a little further. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, when I start to understand about what poverty is and that it's a mindset more than anything else, yeah. your parents were the first one to really break through that yeah. mindset. And then here you come saying, I'm going to take it. I'm going to break through the yeah, next ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you think of your kids breaking through even uh, higher uh, mindsets? And- I'm really excited about that. And I've got six children. And um, I mean, it's different now. And, and, I, and I know that they're going to go beyond. I mean, I know that they're 
put on this plan to go further than, than I'm to go. You know, I've got six. We didn't plan on having six. Okay? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> plan. So it's like, you know, I was like, man, the, these kids were put here and brought to this plant to, yes. to do something that I wasn't equipped to do. Um, what I'm excited about with them is that, you know, when I was a kid, I remember my dad, you know, I'd go around and say, hey, I'm bored. I, he'd say, go read a book. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have any books. Yeah. You know, and my kids every single day, I mean, they read every wow. single day. My kids, two of them, had broke their school reading record in the first quarter of the year for what was read during the entire year wow. in the third grade. Uh, these kids have read, you know, a lot of the personal growth classics already. You know, they're reading, you know, um, uh, 12 <laughs> Pillars. Uh, cool. They're reading, uh, you know, uh, so many just great, the greatest salesmen in the world. Uh, John Maxwell books. I mean, they're, yeah. they are reading these books at such an early age and this is being put into them. Um, you know, we play the cash flow game with them. So they're understanding passive income versus, you know, active income and, wow. um, how to get the money to work for them versus working for the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm trying to equip them in a way. Every single night we read, um, a brand new book by Steve Seibold called, um, uh, Secrets that self-made millionaires teach their children. Wow. And uh, so we read this book every night, teaching them lessons uh, on wealth and uh, equipping them. So I'm really excited about where they're going and what they're doing. But again, I want to uh, develop them in their areas of strength, you know, so trying not to, uh, you know, impose anything on them, but really just kind of developing and, and seeing where they go. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about John Maxwell. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the John Maxwell team. How many years have you been on the John Maxwell team? Yeah, so I started out in uh, March of 2011, so uh, seven years uh, coming up, uh, seven years this month. <laughs> so I've right. um, been a part. I started out and went through the certification just like everyone else. I was looking uh, for something at that time. You know, I had a mentor. I was speaking. I was out speaking. Uh, but... I really didn't know how to sell a soft skill like leadership development. I knew that was a lane that I wanted to go in, but I didn't have the content or the resources. And I had studied John Maxwell for years, and that was the material that really helped me grow and get promoted on the job. And when the opportunity came with John Maxwell in order for me to become certified, I knew at that moment, I'm like, this is my bridge to personal growth and development. This is the program for me. And so I joined in and I began to, with 700 people from around the world, um, went to the very first certification. And then I went back to every single certification um, that they ever had. I would go back and continue to go back every six months and continue to immerse myself inside the community, build relationships because I knew, hey, this was a place of people that were running the direction I wanted to go. Why not be back here every single time I possibly can? Yeah. And, um, you know, that opened up. I built a business uh, utilizing the John Maxwell team curriculum and system. And then uh, two years ago, uh, they hired me to become uh, part of their teaching faculty, which I'm the first one of over uh, 18,500 people. So they can hire anybody on the planet to fill that role. And they selected me. And it's just truly an honor because... Yeah. I know they can pick anybody. Right. <laughs> but I know that I was called to serve this group of people and uh, this particular role. And so it's just been an honor and privilege to, to come that far. And now, going from watching John Maxwell on VHS to actually being mentored by him one-on-one is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And what kind of person do you think is a good fit for a certification, a John Maxwell 
team certification or yeah. that that yeah well we we have um a, a couple different people that come into john maxwell team you know obviously john maxwell is the number one leadership guru in the world so people that are just looking to enhance their uh leadership skills if they're looking to enhance their um, ability to communicate we have a speaker training inside of there and the speaker training isn't to just go out and get paid to speak it's hey if you want to get better on your job and you know present proposals and communicate better doing your presentations we've got a great speaker training for that we've got a great coach training you say well chris i don't really want to be a coach but if you're a leader and you're developing a team of people learning and getting certified on on the actual art and craft of coaching is going to help you out significantly inside your current job um you know we have you know paul martinelli the president of john maxwell team you know one of the greatest thinkers that i'm privileged to be around as an entrepreneur you know this is a great guy to learn from um and then you know so those that have this desire or the call because i think that there is a call those that are called to coach speak and train as well too full-time for a living then um you know that's for you as well too because we're going to provide content and resources that you can implement so you don't have to create your own stuff right uh, you can use ours as the base uh, we're going to create that community support of people that uh, you know from all around the world that are wanting to make a difference with people that want to make a difference you're going to get mentorship inside of that where you're going to have successful people teaching you not just hey we think this is a good idea but each and every single faculty member is a practitioner i mean right. we have our own businesses you're doing the we're, you're doing, we're doing it, it. Day we're not in, day just, out. hey we're not just making our money alone on doing this yeah. you know so um you know it, it's great if you're looking to grow and develop and be around growth oriented people it's a good it's a good program for you so if I'm a, let's say I'm a, uh, I have a corporation and I want to do, um, how's the coaching look? Do you coach teams? Do you coach personal yeah. people? Yeah. Um, a little bit of both. And so it's based on the needs. So inside of organizations, what I do is I do a combination of a couple different things. So I do a group training, which will utilize John Maxwell's curriculum, where we'll go through um, one of his books based on the topics and issues that you're having uh, issues with and what that does is that opens up communication increases camaraderie and gives us a a reference point or foundation to be able to point back to on principles that we know of but may not be seen inside the office mm -hmm. and then now what i'll do is i'll do individual coaching with key team members to now work with them one-on-one -on -one to help them grow in the areas that they want to grow so i help people grow in two different areas you know inside the job is one, we help them professionally, and then we help them personally. Now, some organizations have the philosophy of, hey, check your personal stuff at the door. That's not the companies that I work with. Because okay. here's what you have to understand. You know, yes, they're inside your office for 60 hours a week, but the rest of that time is spent outside. And if you believe that they can check their stuff at the door, <laughs> you're gravely mistaken. Yeah. So if I can help them in their personal life, they're going to be more productive in their professional life. And so um, I do a wide range of coaching uh, with people when I work with organizations. In in that respect, uh, along the same lines, I was just watching. Uh, it wasn't a TED talk. This one of the guys that did, did a TED talk. It was really good. Uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name right now. I'm terrible at that. I got to get better. But um, he was talking about millennials mm -hmm. and how millennials grew up, mm -hmm. and now they're in the the business world they're in the corporate world yeah. and things are not 
shaping up the way mom and dad told them that it would. Sure. And that companies are actually having these kind of problems where they're like, because the millennial is like two weeks in or a month in and they're not seeing the success they want. They're like, I'm out. Sure. <laughs> I'll go do something else. <laughs> right. And um, so I can see, it sounds like your coaching could help those kind of things as well. Yeah. Somebody that's like trying to bridge the gap because yeah. we do have it. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I was in uh, IT. I've been in IT for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Right. And I, when I started out, it was a polo and a, and a pair of slacks. Right. Uh, I currently work for a company that's like gauges and ta- right. sleeves, uh, right. sleeves right. and tattoos and stuff. <laughs> right. And, um, and you're in a boardroom with varied yeah. people from very different uh, generations. And right. I, I love the idea that you can bring all those people together. Yeah. That, that we can do. Uh, and that's really one of the main things that, that I've seen happen as a result of working with me is that we increase that communication gap because inside of organizations, everybody's talking about stuff, but they're not talking about stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I help bring down those invisible walls and help bring the teams together overall. And it, I mean, it really works out great. It really does. That's awesome. Um, uh, so before we get on to our lightning round, which is yeah, yeah. like one of my favorite parts, but anyway, <laughs> I, I always say that, but I need to stop. But anyway, um, it, what about you right now? Are there any events that we can catch up with you in the St. Louis area? Or in, I know you speak across yeah, the country. Yeah. So uh, next big event that I'm speaking at is going to be in San Diego, California, which is in uh, three weeks. Because uh, uh, next I'm going to Costa Rica. We're going there. I think we're going to train about twenty thousand people in the country. Of, uh, Costa Rica, uh, as we've been invited in as John Maxwell team uh, to several different countries to help with transformation inside of the country. So those are big, big events that I, that I love being a part of. But the next event where I'm going to be speaking at is um, uh, with the organization called Life on Fire with a client friend of mine, uh, Nick Unsworth. Uh, he's doing an incredible amount of great work with people, helping them get the change and transformation in their life that they're looking for. And uh, I've worked with him and his team. And I'm going to start speaking at his events, and uh, this will be the first one that I'm speaking at. I'm really excited about that. So um, for people that are looking for growth, personal growth, change, and development, check out uh, Nick Unsworth with Life on Fire uh, as well, too. Yeah, so that's where I'll be at the end of March. And to that end, you know, you say, you might be saying, people listening to this podcast might be saying, San Diego, Costa Rica, oh, that's money. But, but listen... Uh, entrepreneurs understand that it's not just a throwing away of the money. It's the investment in yourself. Right. The quicker you can see these kind of things as an investment in yourself, yeah. you're going to grow. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, is that very early on, you know, um, John Maxwell you know, told me this. He says, you know, if you want to be around great people, you're going to have to get on a lot of planes. And, um, you know, most of our relationships have been built by proximity. Yeah. We live in the neighborhood. They go to the same school. They work at the same place. But when you become more intentional about the people that you're around, life begins to get better. Yeah. You know, it's just movers and shakers just don't show up at your front door and start knocking the door and say, oh, hey, you know, heard you had a great thought, you know, thought you should come around and hang. No, you've got to go to where the movers and shakers are. You've got to get around better thinkers. And um, oftentimes that requires you getting on a plane, getting to a conference, getting to an event, getting outside of an environment that, um, you know, isn't working for you. We'll say, well, Chris, well, how do you know the environment isn't working for me? If you don't have the results of the life that you want right now. Yeah. 
it's not working for you. Right. Do yeah. something different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. This has been a fabulous podcast. Thank you. But here are my best questions. Right. Yeah, right <laughs> Coming from right. the lightning round. Um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Next five years, um, continue to play golf, uh, spend time with kids, and I'm doing what I'm doing today just at a higher scale. And what I mean by that is just, again, larger stages, um, larger organizations that I'm working with because um, my age will grow as far as my influence and um, the people that I work with, their influence will grow over the next five years. So I see doing that just at a higher level. Okay. I, I found my groove. <laughs> no. What's the best book you've ever read? Best book I've ever read. I, I can never go with one, but I can give you five. Okay. <laughs> Listen up, folks. <laughs> Twelve Pillars by Jim Rohn. Twelve Pillars by Jim Rohn. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Uh, Fifteen Laws of Growth, John Maxwell. Um, greatest Salesman in the World, Og Mandino. And then, um, uh, oh, I just went blank at number four because those four I read every year. The number five in that greatest books. Oh, Seasons of Life. Seasons of Life, another Jim Rohn book. Easy read, but it's deep. Seasons of Life. What's your favorite quote or your favorite life quote? Uh, favorite quote uh, is one that uh, I talk about often that I close a lot of talks with. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't, but the choice is yours. Yeah. That is, I, <laughs> it's not that you can't. It's that you won't. That's tough. That's a good quote. Though. Um What's some, what's the best advice, best worst advice you've ever gotten? So it was a great advice, but you were like, ouch. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, uh, kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> the best advice, Bill, was worst advice. Um, you know, looking back at that, I, I you know, I, I'm really kind of going blank on that because I'm really, as we talked about that, that get up time <laughs> of, when I look at it, I, I truly say this. I've never lost a dime in business. I've just paid a lot of tuition. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, when it's bad advice or something goes wrong or astray, it's what I learned from that. What was the lesson that I learned? Gotcha. So um, I've learned a lot of lessons. So I've had a lot of bad advice. But I think that I would say the best, worst advice is you should always listen for these key words. Uh, whenever someone says the words, you should... A pause right there because you've got to ask yourself where is that you should coming from mm, yeah. considering <laughs> <Okay>. the source <laughs> okay that'll be it that'll be it Drucker or Maxwell oh Maxwell all day alright <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Peter Drucker guy but I do no I, I love John Maxwell right, they're, they're right. great books and, and to be honest with you John Maxwell is a phenomenal speaker oh yeah unbelievable um for the last question, um, what is first and foremost for every entrepreneur to needs to know? Well, they need to know. Um, there's challenges ahead, but you can do it. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's worth it when you make it to the other side. I mean, it's so fulfilling, but you got to know that there's going to be challenges. Things are going to go wrong. But when those things go wrong, it's not a stopping point. That's just a learning point. And you got to move forward. So things are ahead. <laughs> Learn them. Move on. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.